Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is that show that discusses deep theology in a simple way. So if you like theology but don't consider yourself the deepest theologian, hey, this is the show for you. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead Southern Hills Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk about it. So if you can find this pre- this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or KBXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. I feel like you're doing your NPR voice. I am. i was been practicing it. We always like to begin with a little fun. <laughs> I'm too calm and chill now. So, Heather? I don't need fun. I just need to go to sleep. Let's get started. Okay. So, this is episode 71, the story of Satan or Satan. Yeah, don't say that ever again. That's weird. Uh, but no, today, it's before not we, Satan. Before... it sounds like Boca Raton. <laughs> or isn't there some kind of furniture that's like Raton? A futon. Futon. I thought there was something. Anyway, it's Satan. Like you from the South. Satan. Satan. Satan talking well, about today. We are. We're going to talk about um, his origin uh, story and kind of how he came to be and who he is, according to the scripture. Uh, but before we begin um, talking about the great <laughs> prince of darkness, let's go ahead and have a little fun. Of <laughs> course. so weird. Well, what's weird is we talk about Satan, who's an angel, and we've been right. talking about angels yep. in many of our episodes, mm-hmm. and we've learned that angels can be combinations of many different creatures right Mm. you know to the best of our understanding i guess as humans that's how they're described by john yeah but uh here's my question for you two today and uh did we say that crystal's joining us crystal heath hey i'm here of the friddle show you don't sound excited that's right oh i'm i sounded like you're being held hostage (laughs) crystal is our producer and sometimes guest uh crystal um what is the friddle show the Friddle Show is my own personal podcast that I do mostly about culture, politics, that sort of thing, but from a biblical Christian perspective. We've never talked about this, but it sounds like a food show. There, yeah. I said it. Like Friddle on the Griddle. Friddle on the Griddle, yep. Oh, it does. Friddle it sounds like griddle. that's what I think of all the time. Well, it came about. Do you want to hear the origin story of the Friddle? Why not? Okay. What are we going to say? No? <laughs> <laughs> For riddles. <laughs> For so, riddle, we do. Back in the day, I was on Twitter, and my Twitter handle, my Twitter name, everything was just my actual name, Crystal Heath. And uh, what happened was I was interacting with some people that are well-known in media and started getting stalked by different people online. And a friend of mine Creepy. and I were both being targeted by different uh, online stalkers, basically. Our addresses, phone numbers, everything. Oh, my word. So we were advised by um, some very influential people shall we say to change our uh, branding so that it wasn't just our name because of that situation so that's how the but now you just revealed on the bible talks which goes well, out massively i know I, the that secret crystal is out. heath well i i added 101 back. chestnut street <laughs> las vegas nevada 89139 Phone number 702-349-27890. Yes. Well, I added my name back <laughs> to my Twitter Six, account. The know. handle's still the Friddle, but it was my nickname growing up. My siblings couldn't pronounce my name properly. So some of them said Criddle and some of them said Fristal. The two just kind of morphed oh, there together is, to make Friddle. Yep. That's the better part of that story. You're welcome. Is that it was a nickname and Friddle, how it came about. Uh-huh. Now you know. So I just call you Cri Cri. No. <laughs> So speaking nope. of fun, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Cricri, uh, Criddle, 
Which one of the, or which three animals would you combine to make your super pet? Okay. Wait, wait, that's the question? Yes. Well, it's, if you want the official No, no, I question. like that, I like it phrased that way. Yeah, If you ahead. could that's genetically design a pet that would be loyal only to you. Okay. And this combine is what, the DNA of three animals. This is what I want. Okay. I need a big fish, biblical style, like Jonah Ew, style big fish. That's no, nasty. no, I will explain why momentarily, Okay. Like whale, if we want to call it a whale. Anything that's part care. fish, that is that is gross, and I like just, fish. Just wait for it. Well, it's hard okay. for me, too. I need a bird, like a large bird. I don't know whether they're still so around. So far, we're but part I need fish, like part bird. A Lord of the Rings-style large bird. Well, Albatross. Eagles. I need an alp. Yes, and I need a dog. Okay, here's why. Dog, the whale, I can go anywhere fish? I want underwater. For wow. free, just ride along like Jonah, right? Okay. Um, dog you, is just because do I love gills? dogs and companions. Do you have gills in this scenario? Don't don't mess up my okay. I'm just all right. Aqua my thing woman. here, and then the bird. I can fly anywhere I want for free on my bird. So wow, boom. You have thought this through. I did. And what are you giving to this pet? <laughs> Sounds like you're really using this animal for your own love, your own and gain and mischief, and food. Okay, so you, I don't know where I'll keep so it. So you trade love and and, and affection. And the dog is for just for the the pet dog aspect? is because yeah the pet aspect. Yep. Mm. All right. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> all right. What about you there, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Heather? I have the ultimate pet. Tiger, eagle, unicorn. Tiger, <laughs> eagle, unicorn? Yes. Okay, why? Why? Yeah. Because I want something that's fierce, fast, can fly. I don't need to go in the water. We're cool with that. I mean, I can fly over the water. So I, I don't want to mess with gills water. or scales or blech. No, and mm. I mean, I could have gone dragon in there. That would be kind of cool. But Ooh, dragon for scales, and then but unicorn. I'm like that would be fun. We can make rainbows and that pointy horn thing is kind of a horse thing. Might make it easier to ride. So yeah, how would that make it easier to? Are you going to hang on? Well, no, it'd be like a horse body, you know, with a tiger head, and I don't know. I haven't thought out all the parts. I just mm. threw together by three. <laughs> and we also have to have a second list of three not fierce animals. What are your fierce this ones? This is that, too Josh? much. Um, okay, so uh, sloth uh, combined with a porcupine and a platypus. These are your not fierce ones then. Okay, not fierce. Okay, so sloth. Have you ever seen a sloth attack somebody? And they don't. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> wow. Okay, and platypus and uh, yeah. are these your real this yeah. is really what you're going sure. with. I, why? why not? It would be the most odd and You know, I so unique. wish that we would just have these things granted right now and you would end up with that <laughs> for your humor's sake, that's what you a, get stuck with. You could have had a you know, platypus, a porcupine. Liger. You could have had a whale dog with <laughs> wings. I could have had a whale dog with this wings. It's gonna be impossible <laughs> to care for, but like no. Yeah, chose, a sloth Wouldn't it be funny platypus. if his animal ended up being like the fiercest one of all? Like we didn't expect <laughs> Probably it. Probably would be. But it's like got it, magic. It's got magic. It has magic powers. Which and, one has magic? And cool skills. Unicorns have magic. Unicorns. What's yours? Unicorns don't have magic. Yeah, they do. No, there's no they magic poop with rainbows, unicorns. I'm pretty sure. They do poop rainbows. <laughs> but what about like your your? Uh, is unicorn? that known? Is that a no, scientific your, fact or is that? Yeah, scientific okay. fact. Okay, I'm just on. making sure. So you've got platypus, porcupine, and sloth. Like, so how is none of those have magic? I was the only one that named a creature that had magic. I Let's move like on that. to the uh, the fierce. I didn't give my the non-fierce animals. Okay, go ahead. Give your non-fierce animals, Heather. Okay. Owl. Owl. Mm. Hornet. Mm-hmm. Goat. A hornet is hornet fierce. Hornet is fierce. What are you talking about? Okay. A wasp. A wasp Wasps is fierce. are fierce. Okay. An ant. Deadly. An ant. Owl. Mm, hornet. It. No, owl, ant. ant, and a goat slash ram. 
That's so, you're such a w- interesting person. Why? Would you not choose any of those? I like that, the wisdom of the owl. Oh. The, the, the work ethic of work an ant. The work ethic and the strength of an ant, because they're yeah. super strong. Mm. And then the, the like, nimbleness and the ferocity of the goat. Mm. Okay. There's my non-fierce. Wow. So if you couldn't choose things like bear, lion, tiger, eagle, what are you going to choose? Well, my fierce one was lion, tiger, bear. So yeah. So you, oh my. But what's your not exactly. fierce one? So you're not fierce one. So your not fierce one was what you named first the whale dog. Thing. No, that was my ideal. I don't remember how you phrased the question originally. Okay. I All have right, a non-fierce. Put, here's list my as well. fierce. Gorilla. Mm. Um. That's a strong choice. Thank you. A uh, puma. Oh. Yeah. You're welcome. And which uh, we all wonder if those actually exist. And man, because <laughs> man, man is the scariest creature and animal who brings such treachery to all the other animals. <laughs> Fern Gully. <laughs> oh my word. Oh my word. I'm actually sorry. adding a man aspect is kinda cool. But if it takes the mind of a man, but having some of the like the hands and stuff, if you get sounds man very is the most angelic. Man is the most dangerous. And very angelic. Animal. Yeah. Oh Just my goodness, that feels like a segue right there. Mm. Well, sure. I, I I think it is a segue. <laughs> it's one of the darkest <laughs> conversations we'll ever have on this podcast. And that is the story of the of Satan. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you're new to this podcast, you might be wondering, why am I listening? <laughs> we were wondering the same thing. <laughs> we were wondering the Could same thing. Could you please tell us? No. So a lot of these episodes are just a lot of fun and trivia and conversations about Christian life. And every other one is a theological study. So we have been in the theological study of angelology. We've talked about where do angels come from and the story of angels in the scripture. We talked about specific angels, Michael, Gabriel, the angel of the Lord. The other guys. The other fellas. It's like the three tenors. That's right. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. And then... You've got uh, Satan. So we're going to talk about Lucifer himself, and uh, what does the Bible say his story is? The Bible clearly teaches that Satan is the greatest enemy of both God and man. In any battle, it is the utmost importance that we understand our enemy and his his trickery, right? To understand yes. our great enemy, we must search the scriptures to see what God okay, says about Okay, searching ser- scriptures. I've got a trivia question. Go don't, ahead. Don't look ahead. Okay. How many Old Testament books is Satan mentioned in? How many Old Testament books is Satan mentioned then? Four. Good question. I looked, so I can't answer that. Golly, I don't know. Take a guess. I would say three. It is seven. Mm, seven Old mm. Testament books. Answers. That's what we were going oh, for. Oh, there I you go. I was saying, which, were which four were you half. picking? I picked the first three. What about you? <laughs> I was picking Genesis, the last Daniel, four. Don't say the last Job. Four. It's and not Daniel. I just threw in one extra one. Genesis, First Chronicles, Job. First Psalms, Chronicles. Isaiah, Psalms. Ezekiel, and Zechariah. Fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so the existence of Satan um, as, a, as a character of Scripture and as a person, a personified creation, creature, um, it's actually mentioned both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Heather, you mentioned the seven mm-hmm. um, specific areas, uh, books of the Bible. And um, the Bible does talk about him in the Old Testament, but, but before the show, Crystal, we were talking about yeah. the fact that um, the word Satan simply means adversary. Yeah, it, it just means adversary. And a lot of times when it's used in the Old Testament, it's not necessarily referring to Satan the being. It's referring to an adversary. And in what I find most fascinating about the history of Satan, if you will, is that in Genesis, the story of the fall, 
Satan is not mentioned. It's just the serpent. There's no reference to Satan whatsoever or Lucifer. Correct. We don't get that until Revelation is where right. we find out that the serpent is Satan. Right. Whenever we read uh, 100 years after Christ and John writes the, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible, it talks about him as the great serpent. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, okay, so back in Genesis, that originally must have been uh, the incarnate Satan. So uh, in, in the flesh Genesis, of I'm trying snake. to tr- follow this, make sure I understand. Some of our listeners may be wanting, wondering too. So in Genesis... It basically says the serpent. The serpent, mm-hmm. yep. And then when God curses the serpent. He literally he curses the serpent. God doesn't not, curse Satan. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, it's, now wow. as, as well as what's interesting is that you said an adversary is usually the Hebrew word Satan, right? Correct. Don't, but no, there no, are f- no, it's the, the word what? <laughs> Satan. Thank you. Satan. There it is. Satan. <laughs> okay, now um, I'm tracking. Go ahead. There are, though, two passages in the Old Testament, both First Chronicles as well as Job. Job where it talks about the Satan mm-hmm. with a definite article, um, allowing us to say, okay, this is not just... That's where, as a student of the Old Testament, you would have to look at and say, okay, even without the New Testament, okay, who is the Satan in comparison to... Yeah. Right. So in the New Testament, we have something similar when we talk about an Antichrist versus the Antichrist. Ooh, that's good. So there's a mm-hmm. concept of, um, well, there are many Antichrists mm-hmm. that, that are yeah. gone out into the world. But then once you get to the book of Revelation, as well as for First Thessalonians, it talks about a specific the. So this def- definite article tells us that there is somebody who these other ones are almost mere pretenders to. Mm. So we have many adversaries, um, and we have one Satan, one actual person. But this is not just in the Old Testament. It's also in the New. Yeah. In fact, uh, in the New Testament, uh, actually before the New Testament, the Septuagint. I always feel like I'm saying that wrong. You are. Which is, <laughs> I am. How is Septuagint. it? Septuagint. Okay, got it. <laughs> Uh, it's a Greek <laughs> translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, okay? So we know the world generally at the time of Christ spoke Greek, okay? Greek culture had spread abroad. So the Hebrew Old Testament was translated into Greek in the Septuagint. Gent? Gent. Septuagint. Mm-hmm. Like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. That sounds wrong. I've heard it both ways. Okay, Septuagint Psych. translates the word <laughs> diabolos as Satan. Yeah. Diablos. Which is interesting because that sounds like diablo. Which is Spanish. So the point of bringing that, that <laughs> yeah, in, in I just the, want to the, say it flaunt the, my knowledge of the Spanish language. Right, but <laughs> the point of bringing all of that up about the Septuagint is the fact the reason we see the word Satan so many times in our English language is because we go back yeah. and don't translate it directly out of the Hebrew. Instead of saying the adversary, we see previous translations, which was the Latin Vulgate, and mm. said, "Oh, they translated as the Satan, so this must be talking about the Satan." Mm. So that's the idea. So it's found in the Old Testament, but also in the New, New Testament. Testament uh, it is found 37 times in the New Testament. These scripture references will use a definite article in reference to Satan, indicating a personal or specific devil. Right. So Jesus taught about the existence of Satan multiple times and in the Gospels. Where did he come from? Where okay. did Satan come from? Let's talk about the origin of Satan. Satan was part of the original creation. The Bible talks about this in two different passages, both Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter eight, uh, chapter 28. Now, <clears throat> what's important to understand about both of these passages, both Ezekiel and Isaiah, is that they are both referencing true people that were living on the planet. When yep. it talks about the per- prince of Persia, there was an actual prince of Persia. When it's talking about the enemies of Israel, talking about actual enemies of Israel. But the Bible does the Bible in prophecy at times has an opportunity and does take opportunity to address two things simultaneously, 
both the evil of the day as well as prophetically speaking of an another evil that is to come. And in both of these cases, it's doing so. In Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28, there was a message from Ezekiel to Israel, from Isaiah to Israel, that was, that was for them, for that day, that's talking not specifically and only about the Satan or the devil. But when we read it now, we see that there was much more going on than them talking about this prince of Persia that is actually talking about the great enemy of God's people, Satan himself. Okay, yes. so the origin, <laughs> yeah, the origin of Satan. So that ties back into, um, I guess I'm not seeing how that really tracks to, I mean, it tells where that we first are really hearing about Satan I in guess, the Old Testament. I guess my point we is. We know that Satan, he's a created being because I guess all my point is this. created. It, I guess my point is this. If you go and study verse by verse the book of Isaiah and you get to Isaiah 14, when you get to that chapter, you're going to be like, this isn't talking about the devil. It's uh. actually talking about an actual king that was around during this time. When you're studying Ezekiel all the way through verse by verse, you get to Ezekiel chapter mm -hmm. 28 and you get this famous passage about Lucifer and Satan. You're going to be like, wait a second. Historically, this is not talking about Satan. It's talking about this actual king of Tyre which was a real person at the time. So sometimes Bible students get confused because these passages sometimes are taken, like we're about to do, <laughs> way out of context and said, okay, this is only talking <laughs> about Satan. It's not. It's talking about both. We would say both. It's right, addressing... What does that have to do with his origin and that he's created by God? Because if we're going to reference Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah chapter 14, we need to state that those passages were actually talking about political events of the day as well as pointing prophetically to an enemy that has been Israel's enemy and the people of God's enemy ever since the beginning of the world. Okay. And so most of our information you're saying is coming about Satan. It's coming from both of these passages. From these two passages. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he was a created being, is a created being. Right. So we, okay. ought to, we ought to actually go ahead and look at these passages in more detail. But let's talk about the fact that they're found in the Old Testament. And Satan himself had this position of prestige in creation. Um, his name was Lucifer. It means the bright one or the shining one. And Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 13 through 18 describe him as being beautifully jeweled with co uh, jeweled covering. It speaks of the glory of God uh, in his creation and that God also described his beauty and his wisdom uh, in the same chapter. Um, so in fact, it even indicates in Ezekiel chapter 28 uh, that, uh, that the concept of how beautiful he was needed to be sealed up because he was so beautiful. Hmm. Um, and that's an interesting fact. The The thing that I always forget is what kind of angel Satan is. We do know that. We've talked a bit in angelology about different angels. Um, but we do know that, uh, and I always forget it, but Satan is called a cherubim. Right. Um, in Ezekiel, it said, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Okay? So um, it's interesting because the cherubs were defenders of the holiness of God. That's right. what their job is. Right, and here he is, the most unholy one who ever <laughs> yeah. was. So kind of a bit of irony there. The Bible also says in Ezekiel 28 that he was perfect in his creation. It says specifically, Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in him. So exactly how was he perfect? The concept was um, that he was complete. He was finished by God's creation. Um, yes, God could have created Satan without a free choice, but perfect in God's mind was that Satan was perfect if he had the opportunity of choosing mm. a free will. And so God had given and him a free will. And that's important to understand that Satan, just like we are free will beings, 
and given the opportunity to choose God or reject him, Satan was given a choice. He was not just a pawn um, who was controlled, a puppet who was controlled by God. Um, in the New Testament, we, we hear that, let no man say when you're tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth thee any man. Um, it's clear in Ezekiel twenty eight fifteen that sin was found in Satan. It was not placed there by God. Right. Now, how exactly did this sin arise up in Satan's heart and in his mind? What exactly took place? Okay, before we go into that, if we all had to summarize and say, what was the great sin of Satan? What one word would you say? It's a great question. What do you think? I've heard different things, and, and they're kind of all true. But Pride. That's what I've Why heard. Pride? Why pride? Well, I, it would give away where we're about to go with the story. I feel like <laughs> you're dodging the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you getting to where Jesus is going to talk about he's Lucifer falling mm-hmm. from heaven? Is that where we're headed? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm going to be like God. And he's like, I'm going to be like God. And God's like, yeah, no, you're not. We're going to kick you out of heaven. And mm. now we have. I don't know. The word that comes Satan. to mind for me is like the idea of rebellion and disobedience. So I've heard pride. It's what the greatest thing I've always heard. Um, what would you say, Josh? I would say lie um, mm. because he lied to himself first and mm. foremost. And so he is the great deceiver. And I think the best liars are the ones who can convince themselves. I mean, it was George Costanza who once said, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe if it. You believe it. <laughs> oh, my word. Uh. Okay. Um, so we're talking about the sin of Satan. Okay. So and Ezekiel twenty eight fifteen says you were perfect in all your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity or sin was found in you. Right. And that leads us to the words of Jesus in John chapter eight, that he talks of G- Satan. And this is what uh, Crystal was referring to a moment ago. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. But when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the mm. father of it. So when it says he is a liar, it's yeah. very interesting because it's almost in contrast to the fact that God, the Bible says God is love. He is a liar. That's that's his essence. That's his core. Um, it arise. It arose from inside of the very personage of 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 Satan himself. So he's the father of lies. What are your thoughts the on the fact that the he universe. was the murderer from the beginning? Um, I've taught that a lot in counseling, that when we have thoughts, and listener, be aware of this, whether you're a young person or old person, if you ever have a thought cross your mind about taking your own life, that is not just coming from your own heart, okay? I believe that that's always brought about by our enemy, the devil. And, and that's why I always think of, but the the first murder, do you think it's going directly to Cain, or do you think it's going somewhere in the fall and bringing about death and destruction, well, I've heard once, I've, I'm interested in Crystal's thoughts on this. I heard once somebody say the murderer here is the murderer of truth. I'm not sure that I buy into it, but I the feel idea, like you're trying to pad your answer of, <laughs> I believe he's a liar and lying with the sin. Well, then you would have to ask, okay, then at that pre-creation yeah. moment, whom was he murdering? Who did he murder in that moment? Oh, here's a very deep one that's probably not correct, but he was killing what he was meant to be. The destiny that God had for him, destroying mm. the perfect creation that God had made him. Wah, wah, wah. Oh come on, it wasn't that bad, Crystal. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that could be. Or we could be referencing the fallen angels that went with him, killing their their purpose. But I've always thought mm. of it specifically as talking about uh, in the fall and just the murder, um, spiritual murder, if you will. Yeah, spiritual death being yeah. brought about. So let's yeah. go ahead and read the passage that we've been referencing, and then we'll move into. The actual fall of Satan. 
Um, Ezekiel 28, verse 13 says, you were, in the gar- you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, turquoise, the emerald with gold. Your workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you See, on the day like that you were created. See, that sounds like an outer garment, but I wonder if those were actually part of his flesh. Sounds very similar to a priestly garment. Yeah. Go ahead. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were the only holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom with the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that, you, that they might gaze upon you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the people are astonished at you, and you have become a horror and shall no more be forever. So, in that context, it's talking about the king of Tyre, which was an actual place and an actual king. But there are several things that you see here, and you're like, wait a second. This has to be more than just the king that he's talking to. He wasn't in the Garden of Eden. He, uh, what kind of what kind of maybe he dressed with topaz and jewels and all of this yes that's true of him there's other passages by the way that are more famous in understanding this dual interpretation that are both right another passage yeah. would be psalm 22 mm-hmm. not in relation to satan helping us to understand this concept psalm 22 this is david um david talking about how terrible it is to be in the in the moment that he is Psalm 22, he's talking about how terrible his life is in this moment, being cast out and surrounded by dogs, and he feels like his, he's been pierced to the heart, and like his feet have been pierced, and like uh, people are sitting around laughing at him and mocking him. So there's a first interpretation that is true. David is talking about himself. But there's another truth, and that's prophetic, and that it's talking about the death and cru- of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is a, these, both of these passages need to be understood in that theological under under understanding so continuing our conversation did i just bore both of you because no no i just I didn't have like... anything to add to it i felt you said it so completely <laughs> that's very nice Thank um you. that i i had did crystal did you want to add no, anything i, I okay. thought it was well said okay, okay all right both um true and prophetic uh, so we're thinking about the the idea of satan being a liar the idea of um pride the sin of pride and rebellion and i think you can kind of see all that um especially in isaiah 14 where it says, For thou, Satan, hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of thy congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So I think you do see pride and rebellion in there as well. Um, that's what Satan did after telling himself he could be like God. He then turned his false thinking into the act of rebelling against God. Mm. And uh, he took, does anybody remember the the fractional denomination that he took with him from heaven? Right, from the book of Revelation. How many angels went with Satan? Yeah, one third. third. Yeah, One third. So uh, one third chose to join him, which is really one of the most amazing things to me that as an angel, you're there. And and praise the Lord, it's one third, not two thirds. I mean, 
I'm, I say praise the Lord, but I mean, honestly, that gives me a little comfort that, you know, angels are not just totally stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dumb do you have to be? You you can see both these and you're choosing this created being like you to rise up against God. Yeah. You know, throughout but, this passage, it becomes evident that Satan is actually cast down to the earth or to the ground. Um, this is uh, this is when Job is asking. Go, he, it, Job talks about the concept when Job talks about Satan walking to and fro. Uh, around the earth, walking up and down in it. This is this is the idea. And uh, there's a there's a really famous um, English literature writer, uh, John Milton, that talks about Paradise Lost. Mm. And in this, he describes um, in a very poetic, obviously fictional way, what it was like for sa- for for the great being of heaven to be thrown down to earth, to be cast down out of a great realm, and to live here on the planet. It really is a fascinating read if you've never read it. Mm. Um, but uh, this is what we see playing out right here. Now the Bible says he's referred to as the prince of this world. Jesus even refers to him as that way. Paul refers to him as the God of this world. Um, why? Because he's constantly in the world system presenting violence and greed and rebellion and deception. This is, uh, this is what we see. Okay, so here's my question. Okay. We're looking at the timeline of creation. Okay, many times I think we've talked about this in the past that we believe angels were made before creation. Right? Mm-hmm. Like before the creation of the world, before the seven days that we know of. Okay? Is that correct? Um, no, we talked about this before. Maybe between day one and day two, a lot of people say. Okay. So then when is that act of rebellion? Mm, very interesting. Like, I mean, where Adam and Eve created and everything was fine, hunky-dory. And while Adam and Eve are doing their thing up in heaven, Satan's leading this rebellion and is cast down. And some would say maybe after day day five because it says and God created and it was good and God created and it was good and God created and it was good and then something was not good well I thought that was just that man should not be alone right but he doesn't say it was good so there's this idea of was was God putting a general capstone on all creation at those points by saying it was good or is he only referring to the thing he just created hmm. I don't know it's a, I don't know interesting don't know. what do you think crystal I think that God created everything yeah sometimes it's fun to think about these things and sometimes it messes with your head and you're like why are we talking about this but my question a follow-up with that would be i think it's very interesting how you've talked about we we discussed this that god gave man dominion of the earth but yet we see that satan is called the prince of the world and the god of this world um jesus called him prince of this world paul called him god of this world and josh i learned this from you that when Man fell into sin. They gave over dominion that God had given them of this planet to the enemy. We're going to see quite a bit of this when we get to the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation is incredibly important to understand in a literal sense, as much as you possibly can take it, in comparison to the first nine chapters of the book of Genesis. What you'll find are those who take the stories of Genesis 1 through 9 as figurative. That is, they don't believe in a literal seven-day earth, a young earth. They don't believe in a creation. Often they'll actually, they'll, they'll do the same thing with the book of Revelation. It's all metaphoric. It's all symbolic. It's all analogy. There's nothing literal taking place there. And so most theologians that will, um, uh, will take a literal approach in Genesis 1 through 9 will also take a literal approach in the book of Revelation. Why? Because they bookend so beautifully. Mm-hmm. That what they say in the first nine chapters is repeated in the book of Revelation. So to answer your question, yes, once we get to the book of Revelation, you're going to see how all of this that takes place at the beginning of creation yeah. plays out. See, and that almost gives the idea of Adam and Eve existing here 
the rebellion happening, them being cast down, the angels, fallen angels being cast down to the earth, yeah, not having dominion, tempting Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve falling into sin and giving dominion to them, precisely well, to Satan, precisely. And then what you see in the book of Revelation is you see a sealed book, and when that sealed book is refer is is I believe referring to the title deed to the earth, and and um, you'll see in Revelation chapter five that the the sealed book is held up in front of all of creation, and and John begins to weep. Who can open it? Nobody can open it. And then all of a sudden, uh, a lamb rises up from a throne. It looks like he's been slain. It's like he's bloodied. And this king-like lamb walks forward and says, "I will open the. Th I will open this. I have the right to open this document. What is this document?" Perhaps the title deed to planet Earth. And, and once he does, he begins to peel off seals. And every one of these seals bring judgment upon the planet, planet Earth. Why? Because man has lost dominion over this planet. And now Jesus Christ, not only the Son of God, mm -hmm. but the Son of Man, is reclaiming the planet for himself. So we see Satan himself in Isaiah chapter 14. Let me read the passage, and then we'll walk through the five I wills of Satan. It says... It says in verse number 12, For thou art fallen from heaven. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down from the to the ground, who did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation, the far sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the lowest parts of the pit. Those who see you will gaze upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth to tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world into a wilderness and destroyed the cities, and who did not open the house of prisoners? All kings and nations, all of them slept in glory. Everyone is in his own house, but you are cast out of your grave. So we see this great enemy of, of mankind, the one who destroys us through... Um, through temptation, through plagues, through trials, through dif di difficulties. And all of this happens because this one creature, who was very powerful and very beautiful, begins to open up the five I wills. You say, what five I wills? These are them. Crystal, what are they? Well, Heather touched on it just a few minutes ago, but uh, Satan in Isaiah, again, we see Satan talking about uh, five different things. He says, I will ascend into heaven. And when the Bible talks about heaven, realize that there's several different meanings for the word heaven, just like you can have several different original meanings of the word love. So heaven can mean sky. Mm -hmm. It can mean um, the universe, like, you know, and it can also mean the dwelling place of God. Yeah, so, which in this one, it's the dwelling place of God. Right. All of his statements and his five I wills are are him saying, I'm going to be God, essentially. I yeah, will be there's equal. An there's an attack on the authority of God himself. I mean, yeah. how is this possible that the angel that was that was uh, floating over the throne of God, the, the angel that was presenting himself as the protector of God's holiness, says, I will ascend into heaven. Yeah, but that's not enough. Then he wants to be worshipped when he gets there. Second one was, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The stars of God being the angels, the angels of God. Yeah. Um, I, mm -hmm. I will be the one they look to. I'm sick and tired of all of these angels looking and worshiping God. I want them to look and worship me. Wow, mm. the pride. Yeah. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north is what he says third. Okay, so this is Satan's great desire to share in the rule of the universe. Right. Um, 
this is the utmost pride, the arrogance to say, yeah. I can, I can be worshiped, not only worshiped, but I can rule and reign with you. I have this ability to take control of my own destiny. Mm. This, this is evil. Next one's a little bit symbolic. His fourth thing he said was that I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Mm. So how is the clouds different than heaven? When he says I will ascend into heaven, then I will ascend above the clouds. Okay, what is the cloud of God? It's referred to as the Shekinah glory. It's the physical representation of God in the Old Testament. And so when he's saying I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, he's saying that I will be greater than God himself. I'm greater than the Shekinah glory. Mm. Yeah. And then he wraps it up by saying, I will be like the most high. Yeah. This is the one that gets me the most because after doing a study on attributes of God and seeing how different we are from him, it's amazing to see how we try to sometimes slip into this satanic mm. rebellion and pride of we try to live like we have need of nothing when God is the only one who is totally complete in and of himself and needs nothing. We try to live like we are all knowing, you know, we, we, we know what they were thinking. We know what happened. And it's amazing to me how much trouble this gets us into and how we slip into that. But yeah, trying to take on attributes and be like God when we were not made to be like him in those areas. So. There's so much that we can learn, not only about our enemy and how he works, which we'll do in episodes to come, mm -hmm. but it's also interesting as we look at him, the tendencies that we have to follow him rather than God. Yeah, um, the, the other correlation is just seeing how it can be so easy that we want the glory, we want the praise, we want the rule yeah. over people and things. And that's something that's dangerous, even as we serve the Lord, that can creep up in our hearts, um, just like it did in this angel. So we want to thank you for listening to episode number 71 of the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. And Crystal. And Crystal. <laughs> of The Friddle Show. On the next episode, <laughs> we're episode 72, we're going to be talking about the best books that we've read recently. Ooh. We've been doing a lot of reading lately, Heather and I, and um, separately, and we're going to kind of compare some of those books, and maybe you'll find a book that could interest you. Yes, I'm going to be sharing one that I do not recommend, <laughs> which I don't do. But hey, I read it, and I'm like, or I'm reading it, and I'm kind of like, yeah, this is not as good. All right, so check it out next episode. Before then and now, go ahead and like and subscribe to this uh, this on iTunes. That way, every single time we come out with a new episode, you'll be notified. So we just want to say thanks again for listening. And remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen. <laughs>